0: Welcome to this podcast from Riverside Church Whitstable. We hope you find it helpful and encouraging. If you would like to find out more information about us, why not check out our website at riversideuk.org, our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter at WhitRiverside.
1: Hello and welcome back to Riverside Online and welcome back to the last talk in our Emerge series. I hope you've enjoyed this series, I hope it's been helpful to you. Last week we looked at the challenge that change can bring and how that challenge and change brings an opportunity for us to deepen our trust in God. And I think as we emerge from Covid we've got a unique opportunity to evaluate and to think and to reflect and to look forward into the next season. And I think as we do that we can think about what is it of the old in a sense that we want to preserve and what is it that we see Is new that may be emerging as we go into the next season. What do we want to move into? So I want to begin today by looking at a famous passage in our Bibles that talks about the old and the new. In Luke's Gospel, in chapter five, we find Jesus being confronted by the religious leaders of the day. These were the Pharisees, and they were upset about the way that Jesus was conducting himself. Jesus had just met a tax collector called Levi. And he invited Levi to follow him. And Luke tells us in Luke 5 that uh, Levi got up, left everything and followed him, followed Jesus. And last week we, we talked about, didn't we, not just putting our trust in, but putting our trust on. We talked about how to trust on Jesus, was to fully commit to him. And clearly Levi was captivated by Jesus and, and And decided to fully commit to him and decided to leave behind his tax collector's booth and his role and his job and follow Jesus. And then Levi throws a great banquet uh, at his house and he invites all his tax collector friends to come and meet this person of Jesus that's captivated him so much. And the Pharisees, they see this banquet and they see the tax collectors and they see Jesus and they're offended by this behaviour. They say to Jesus, they challenge him and say, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? For them, a tax collector was the worst kind of sinner. They were normally Jewish people who were seen to have sold out to the Roman occupiers because they were now acting on the Romans' behalf by collecting tax from the sort of indigenous people. And, And so they were despised because of the role they took. And uh, when the Pharisees saw Jesus with the tax collectors at a party of tax collectors, they were offended and confused by his behaviour and they, they confronted him. So Jesus did what Jesus often does. He tells them a parable, a story to try and illustrate what is going on. And can we, we can read this from Luke chapter 5. He said this, No one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch an old one. Otherwise, they will have torn the new garment, and the patch from the new will not match the old. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. And no one, after drinking old wine, wants the new, for they say, the old is better." So Jesus tells them a story about old things and about new things. Old and new garments, old and new wineskins, and old and new wine. And he says to them, you know, you don't take a piece from a new shirt. You don't cut a new shirt up and take a piece from that to try and patch an old worn out shirt. You'll just end up ruining the new one and you end up with an old shirt with a patch that doesn't match. You'll end up spoiling your new shirt for, for nothing. He says the right thing to do is essentially to discard the old worn-out shirt and to put on the new one. And similarly, you don't pour new wine that is still fermenting and expanding. You don't pour that into an old, inflexible wineskin. The wineskins of the day were normally made from the skin of animals. And uh, when they were first made, they still were pliable and flexible. So if you had a a new wineskin, you could pour new wine into it that was still fermenting and expanding. And the new skin would be able to expand With the wine. But after a while, if you'd used the wine skin before, it would become rigid and inflexible. And if you pour new wine into that old skin, then the wine would simply expand and split uh, the old skin, burst it, and you'd lose not only the skin, but you'd have lost your new wine as well. And in both these illustrations, Jesus is trying to explain to the Pharisees that he's doing something new, he's bringing something new, and it can't be contained by their current ways of thinking and living. And he says in this parable, if you try and do that, you'll just end up with this mismatched mess of the old and the new. You'll end up with with mismatching garments, split wineskins and lost wine. The new kingdom he was announcing, it needed a bigger way of thinking, a bigger way of of responding. It needed a flexible new wineskin for the new wine that was being brought. And these worn-out garments, they weren't to be repaired, they were to be discarded. And the new garments would be put on. And the new wine must be poured into new flexible containers that could expand as the wine expanded. Jesus was trying to tell them the worn-out religious traditions and the worn-out thinking was being replaced by the new kingdom that he was describing and demonstrating. And this banquet of tax collectors that Jesus attended was kind of symbolic of God's heart to reconcile and welcome all people back to himself, back to his love and into his family. And these tax collectors, the the worst kind of sinners the Pharisees despised, they all had invitations to this banquet of God's love and generosity. But the new brings with it challenge as we described last week. The change is Jesus was bringing challenged the status quo. It challenged the the mindsets, it challenged the practices, it challenged the traditions. And so Jesus, at the end of the parable, he adds this. He says, and no one, after drinking old wine, wants the new, for they say the old is better. The theologian N.T. Wright, he explains it this way. He says, what Jesus is doing can't be fitted into the existing ways of thinking and living. If people try to do that, they'll have the worst of both worlds. At the time, this meant that Jesus' powerful kingdom ministry couldn't be fitted into the ways of thinking that his fellow first century Galileans already had. They need to think differently, to think bigger, to get new wineskins for the new wine he had to offer. Most people are threatened by this kind of challenge. Jesus was showing that God was making all things new. He wasn't preserving the old he was bringing the new of the kingdom the new of the gospel there was a much bigger picture that was emerging through the life and ministry of Jesus that the Pharisees just weren't seeing weren't getting they wanted to stay with the old wine they wanted to stay what was familiar with what they knew they knew what it tasted like they knew what it was they didn't want to embrace the new that Jesus was bringing but Jesus likened their mind skins to those old rigid Uh, sorry, likened their minds to those old rigid wineskins. They they were inflexible. And he likened their religious practice to to worn out garments that needed to be replaced, not just patched and repaired. There's new wine, there's new wineskins, and there's new garments. And Jesus is offering all these freely to anybody who will respond to his gospel invitation. And as we emerge From Kirby, we've got the opportunity to evaluate, haven't we? We've got the opportunity to think about the old and to think about the new, and we can evaluate personally and we can evaluate as a church family here at Riverside. We can reflect on the old things in our lives and we can reflect on the new things that might be emerging. We might think about you know which of our habits, our practices, our ministries, do we want to continue into the next season? Are there any of these where we feel the season has drawn to a close or or God is asking us to change something? And what new things do we see emerging in this new post-COVID season? We've been reflecting and praying as a leadership team here at Riverside and I'm going to hand over to Keely now who's going to talk into some of the things that we feel fall into these different areas.
2: So as Simon has just said, as we emerge from COVID, we have a unique opportunity as a church to evaluate all that we're doing and ask God what is next for us. I want to let you know today that with much prayer and in consultation with the team leaders, we have made the decision that TOTS won't be continuing. COVID has changed so many things and we no longer have capacity within our amazing volunteer team to put on such a big event every week. I'm sure you'll be joining with me in saying a massive thank you to our fabulous team, each and every one of them, who always served with warmth and a smile on their face. They really were the best. And a special shout out to Rose and Mel, who worked so hard leading that team. We know that there'll be new opportunities to work with families and children in the future, and we look forward to what God will use Riverside for in this community. Now, our young people have been allowed to meet up again a little bit sooner, uh, which is fantastic. So their Tuesday group has been meeting and they've been having lots of fun. They also have a new space, which we've been giving them some resources and they've used all their creative ideas and have started to build their very own space, which I know they're very excited about. A group of them are going away to the Christian conference slash festival called Dreaming the Impossible and it's not camping this year but it is real and in person and it's going to be held at Trent Vineyard in Nottingham. So a group of ours are going and this will be an amazing chance for them to encounter God and meet with some new friends so please be praying for them and all of our team as they plan and prepare for that trip. Obviously, with COVID and lockdown, we had to shut our doors to all of our children's work, and we haven't even been able to meet socially distance with our children on Sundays. But things are changing and opening up brilliant very soon, and we wanted to be able to share with you some new and exciting developments. But before I talk about Riverside Kids and all the new opportunities coming up, I want to start by thanking Paul and Linda Newman, Sarah Davis and Sarah Ayres, who have all taken a massive role over the last few years in making sure our kids' work was just amazing and running really smoothly. You're all amazing and we're hugely grateful for all the hard work you put in. So as I said, our children's work has been looked after by a great team of people, but none of them felt that they were the right people to take it forward and they were kind of holding it for us, of which we're really grateful. They knew God would be bringing someone else. Now we've been praying for that right person and when we met Leanne, we kind of sensed that she might be fitting into that picture and that she was going to play a significant role. I thought it would be really good for me and her to sit down and I'll ask her a few questions so that you can get to know a bit more about her. So thanks for being here today, Leanne, and agreeing to answer some questions. It'd be a great chance for people to get to know you a bit more. So why don't you start by telling us a bit about yourself?
0: Okay. so um, my name is Leanne. I am married um, to Dave. And we have one son called Jacob, who is now 26. So um, he's left home now um, and doing really well. Um, I'm a veterinary nurse by trade, that's my full-time job, um, which I do enjoy. Will be a little bit sad sometimes and a bit mm, hard, bad. but it's also very rewarding, um, and so yeah. And what's your favourite food? So my favourite food is lasagna, that's my okay, favourite. And good. my favourite chocolate bar is Galaxy.
2: Mm, I'm with you on that one, but you know that already, <laughs> yeah, don't <I> you? Yeah, do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, Tell us something about
2: you that would surprise us all.
0: Ooh, that's a hard question. So, I have done ballroom and Latin American dancing, and I have been a champion at one point. Wow. Um, which was very exciting. Um, I don't dance so much now, but when the music comes on, my feet do jigger around a little bit. Do they? And what was yeah. your favourite dance? So My favourite dance was the tango.
2: Great. I think one day we'll have to have a little uh, demo <laughs> of that. Um, Right, so tell us, when did you join us here at Riverside? What brought you here?
0: Okay, so I came to Riverside um, in 2019 in August. Um, I was attending another church and we just felt, as um, the two of us, that it was time to perhaps try and look for another home. Um, I came to Riverside in August on my own um, and I just felt that God was going to speak to me while he was here. Um, and Simon was doing the preach on anxiety and worry and when I was a little girl, the Mr. Men was something that I really enjoyed and his PowerPoint drop was uh, Mr. Worry. So that was one way of God mm. speaking to me. But as you do, you're like, no, that's I not want enough. more. I want, I more. want more, yeah. Um, and as I said earlier, my job is a veterinary nurse and I'm known as the pink elephant nurse because mm-hmm. when an animal comes in and it's a bit upset and frustrated, I'm always going, where's the pink elephants? Where's the pink elephants? And... Um, during the preach um simon was explaining about how thoughts can get into your mind and kind of go round and round and um, then they become a worry and then it becomes an anxiety and it's something that could be totally random that is said that will just stick with you and the one thing that he said was if i said where are the pink elephants that is the one thing you would remember now if god wasn't speaking to me then I don't know who was, but I just burst into tears. My heart was beating really fast, and I just felt such an amazing peace come over me that actually this is where where we needed to be, and never look back.
2: So why was that special to you, the pink elephant? So it was
0: special to me because it was he. Nobody else would have known that I was called the pink elephant nurse out of work. Um, Great. I love so how God just, just
2: pinpoints it. Absolutely. To say yeah. hello, I'm here. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Now, I know you've got a massive passion for helping children know more about Jesus. Can you tell us what that looks like and what you've done in the past?
0: Okay, so um, when I first became a Christian um, in uh, 1997, I joined into the children's work at our church because um, Jacob was a young boy then and it just was one of the things that we did. Um, I really enjoyed it and then I found myself leading the fours for Jesus at Stoneleigh Bible Week. Um, Funny how I, that happened. Yeah <laughs> um, so I was kind of in front of about 154 year olds um, and I did that two years running um, and then I stayed with the children then they went up to youth and they wanted me to go with them so then I became up with the youth, I did youth for a few years, about 13 years and then I did a couple more years back in children's work um, and now I feel that this is where God is calling me again Mm. Well, I'd seen this
2: passion in Leanne and I encouraged her to go and have a look in our kids' work, didn't I? And I said, just pop in, just pop in for a couple of Sundays. And she did. And then lockdown. But over recent months, I kind of sensed that God was asking me to be bold and and have a chat with Leanne and and say, you know, we feel that God's speaking to us about you. Would you please pray and... um, And ask god if you think he might be asking you to lead the team at riverside and so you know did that come left field for you what was god saying to you was it
0: a shock okay no so it wasn't (laughs) really a shock um i have um a prayer time most mornings in the shed um where i sit on a bike and i pedal and i pray and i call out to god and i listen to worship and over the kind of lockdown period um, i just had a real burden on my heart for the children And I just felt that God was kind of reminding me so much of all of the things that we used to do um, with the children, with their craft and their activities and um, praying, praying, um, which is a real passion for me. Um, And he just brought it all back as though it was like, I'm reminding you of what what we did together. And
2: what you love to do.
0: And what I love to do, yeah, absolutely. And um, so I kind of had a feeling that when we were coming back, I would just say, actually, I'd like to be on the team. Um, And I would just be on the team. Um, So when Gillian said to me about leading the team, I was very excited, very encouraged, and felt that this was what God was really calling me to do. It comes with a little bit of nervousness because God is so great and and big and massive and just wants so much, and there's just little me um, (laughs) and little children. But I know that He can do it.
2: So, did you just have a sense that God was saying yes? How, How did you have that, you know, that feeling of rightness about after I said go away and think? What came to you to make make you feel this is the right thing? Yeah.
0: So. Um, after we had our little meeting and our little chat, um, it's I quite a long chat. It was quite a long chat. Um, <laughs> I felt God give me um, a picture of the roundel. Mm-hmm. I call it the rainbow circle. Yeah. But apparently, it's a roundel, um, and it was like all sort of jagged edges, as though someone had done a pow through it. Mm-hmm. And inside it was pictures of like cartoony children, and I just felt God say that this is the generation that will break through the church. That's amazing. Um, and and, you were to lead it, and oh, I was to lead it. Yes, <laughs> um, and just from then, it was just um, thinking about how the church, again, the children can just worship God mm. and pray and prophesy and really reach out to the community. And suddenly, all these memories and ideas just came flooding back. I must say, I you were know,
2: quite excited, weren't you? Oh yeah, when God started to yeah. speak, it was it was very evident that Definitely. He was awakening in you yeah all that stuff that you've done before that's amazing so can you tell us a bit about your passion what it is for the children what do you want to see for the children at riverside what are the things that you know really stir your heart for the kids
0: so um my real heart for them is to um see them have a ministry of the holy spirit to see the holy spirit break out in their lives um I've seen in the past where God has spoken to them, where they've prophesied for people, not just each other, but also people in the church, friends, family, people that aren't even Christians. um, And to see them really pray and get connected with God, to learn who Jesus is, Mm. not just as a character, but as a personal Mm. friend and saviour. And that actually he'll be there for them to make them feel unconditionally loved. Um, and also to see them integrated into the church so that Absolutely. they can have exactly what the church has and they're not just an add on that is mm. in the back room out of the way. Um, my heart would be to see them come in, join in the worship with us, to pray with us, mm. to have.
1: Show meetings us how to do us. it. Yeah, mm. and show us
0: how to do it. And sometimes in the past, I have been put to shame by the children yeah. because. They just get it. Yeah, um, and they have to,
2: such amazing faith, don't they? That's right.
0: Yes. Yeah. And to hear them when they give testimonies of where they've prayed for people in the playground and you know dinner ladies that have you know had a poorly hand and they've yeah. prayed and seen it healed and things like that, it would just be amazing to see that that
2: pulled out on out again. them. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. So, how can people help, Leanne? What What do you want from people?
0: <laughs> okay. Um, so the first thing <coughs> is to pray for me. Mm-hmm. Um, just for this transition period and for, um, to hear real God's work and mm. um, what he wants to do um, and how he wants to break into the children and to break into the church through them mm-hmm. um, and for his will in their lives. Um, mm. And to pray for the children as well because they've had a really difficult time mm. um, with the whole <coughs> pandemic. Yeah. Um, so, for them to really settle back into church life, to feel their friends and their family are mm. here, um, for them to get support from us, um, and to just feel really connected again um, to Absolutely. Riverside, definitely. Um, yeah, so that would be great. And do you need any volunteers? And yes. That's the volunteer part as well. Um, So yes, I would love you to just start praying um, and seeing where God leads your Mm. heart. Um, Children's work is great fun. It's absolutely amazing. You get such a blessing from it week after week. Um, It can be full on, but God is so gracious Mm. and so merciful and he just fills you with everything that you need. so, yeah, it'd be really great to just pray, seek God and see where he's leading you.
2: Yeah. So I just want to say, Leanne, we are delighted that you heard from God, that we heard from God and that together we, we knew that God was calling you to lead the kids team yeah. at Riverside. And it's just going to be an amazing journey. We are so excited. Thanks so much for sharing your heart mm. um, today. I just want to say to the church we're opening Riverside Kids back up on Sundays at the first week of July, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. And obviously Leanne can't do this on her own and she needs people. Yes, please be praying for her and for the children as they come back. But we need a team. We need a team who are passionate about seeing God move mm. with our children because everything Leanne said is true. We want the children to be integrated into the whole church, not to feel like they're an add-on. We want the children to feel loved and accepted. We want them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm. And this is an exciting thing that we're inviting you into. This is not oh just tick a box and serve Mm -hmm. is it you know a lot of people think oh I'll be missing out on the adult church if I go in and be with the kids but I can promise you that in my experience you will be blessed probably more than Mm -hmm. we will because you will learn things from the children Um, you'll witness things and actually you will come out built up that's Leanne's dream isn't it that's what she wants she doesn't want to just a group of people to just come in and sit with the children she wants you to be actively involved Mm -hmm. um, in their lives and you know watching the Holy Spirit move on them and in them and through them and with you too so I'm asking you as lead pastor to please consider joining in on this adventure Mm -hmm. we need team. we want to honour the children and give them our best and we need team to do that so please be praying come and speak to any of us Mm -hmm. you can um, email in if you haven't actually been to Riverside you can ring the office and ask to speak to me um I would love to chat with you and tell you more about it or put you in touch with Leanne. We can build a team, I know we can, and it's going to be amazing. Mm. What's gone before has being great, but what's yeah. coming is yeah, going absolutely. to blow our minds. And so we just implore you um, to pray about being on mm. team. And even if you can only do once a month, you know, to start with, or, or at all, that, that's okay, yeah. isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So... Thanks so much for sharing today. And I hope you've been encouraged and inspired that this is one of those new and exciting things that God Mm -hmm. is bringing us to in this next season. Yeah.
1: Well, many thanks to Keely, to Leanne and the team for those updates. It's really exciting to hear all that God is doing. I want to just talk into something uh, that we've had queries about here at Riverside, and that's what will happen with our online content when on-site returns to normal. We've been asked many times if we'll choose to live stream our services and what this means literally is to have cameras in our auditorium and broadcast live to the internet what's happening in the room. Many churches are doing that now and I think many churches are looking to move into that. Well after praying and considering the pros and cons of live streaming we've decided that's not what we're going to do here at Riverside for the foreseeable future. And we've reached this conclusion for a number of reasons based around our values as a church. You can think of values a little bit like traffic lights. They kind of give us a green go on some things and they kind of give us a red stop on others. And one of our key values at Riverside is to create a safe place, a safe place where we can respond to what God is doing. And we see our Sunday services very much as a safe place, very much as a place where we can come together together we can respond to what God's doing and we can be vulnerable and we can be safe in that vulnerability. We feel our our Sunday morning service is a family time. And as we all know, family times can sometimes get a little bit messy. And that's okay. And that's okay. But we don't want to broadcast that live and direct to the world. We believe that's not really conducive to our value of creating a safe place of encounter with God. And secondly... We don't want to put our service on rails. When you live stream, you have to be very organised, very timed, uh, to kind of stick to the script because that's the way it works. And, and we feel if we do that, we'd limit our spontaneity, we'd limit our opportunity to, re- to respond to what God is doing. Sometimes we want to go off script, sometimes we want to just respond to what God is doing in the space at that particular time. And we want to be able to let our gatherings breathe uh, and be spirit-led. And we also want the freedom to make mistakes, to involve people, to not do things uh, all the time, to, you know, sometimes to a professional level. We want the opportunity for people to get involved, for it to be family time, for occasion to be a little bit messy. And so we feel if we live stream, that won't really support that value. And thirdly, even though we value everybody who connects with us online, and we really appreciate everyone who watches us on our YouTube channel, we know that's not our primary ministry. We know that we do our best work up close and personal with people. And so if anyone wants to get the best from Riverside, the best way they can do it is actually come and be part of us, come and join with us, come and get close to us, because we know that proximity is what produces real transformation. And so even though we value our online and we, and we know it's a great tool and it's a really helpful shop window into, into Riverside for people who are looking to connect with the church or looking to connect with us online, we know it's not our primary ministry, we know we're a local church a relational church, and that's where God has called us to work and minister. So what's all that mean going forward for, for online content? Well, simply, we'll continue to populate our online uh, channel, our YouTube channel, by recording, videoing our Sunday talks, uh, and then we'll edit them, and then we'll upload them. Well, that does mean that when you see a camera in here on a Sunday, if you see a camera, it won't be sending live images to the internet. It'll simply be recording uh, content which we can then edit, We can decide if anything on there isn't suitable to go onto the online platform. We can add in additional content if we want to and we can upload that to our channel and keep that channel going. But it means that we're never in a situation where we feel inhibited because we're we're broadcasting live and sort of uh, unfiltered to the internet. And I hope that brings clarity and and reason as to why we do what we do because for us, our values are really important and we really want to uh, make sure that what we do reinforces and undergirds those values, and, and that brings some clarity to the live streaming conversation. So as we come into to land on this Emerge series, I think it's easy to read accounts like we saw in Luke today of Jesus confronting the Pharisees and their old, rigid mindsets. But in reality, we, we, all, we all tend towards saying the old is better. We all love the familiar. We're all creatures of habit to some degree. We find it hard to face the challenge of the new, And I think because of this, and this this sense that we sometimes swerve to complacency, we need to say, God, we need you to help us to move into the new, to what you're doing and what you're going to do in our future. And as we come to the end of this series, I thought it would be a great time to sort of recommit ourselves to that work of the Holy Spirit in us personally and in us as a church. In his letter to the church at Ephesus, the Apostle Paul described followers of Jesus like this, he said, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has prepared kingdom opportunities for you, uh, for I and for Riverside to, to walk into in the future. Those kingdom opportunities are there for us to take hold of. And I think we all need to do this by trying to keep hold and follow Jesus into the newness that he brings. We need to partner with his love and his grace to transform us and make us aware of what is happening with these kingdom opportunities. Paul said again, he said, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. He was preoccupied with with, with trying to keep up with Jesus, to try and keep up with the work of the Spirit in his life, recognising that God was pulling him forward into the new, into the fullness of the kingdom. And it's the same for us. So as we emerge from COVID, as we think about this post-lockdown future, I think we have some opportunities that we can all take a hold of. And we can all honour the old that's gone before. And we can all look to embrace the new that God is bringing. And I think we do this really well at Riverside. I think we've got a great culture of honouring our legacy, our traditions, our history. But also we want to move into all that God has for us. We want to take a hold of what the Holy Spirit is doing. And I think we can only... We can only become more fruitful as we as we as we grow in that culture. We can ask God for for help. We can ask God to, for His Holy Spirit to flow through us, so that we might take hold of these kingdom opportunities. As I said, we all we all tend to swerve to complacency. That's just part of our human condition. So we need to ask God to fan into flame the spirit within us, so we can be people who respond to what God is doing. Jesus said, "My Father's always working." And we want to be people who can respond and and see where God is working in our community. So we need to ask God to fan into flame the Holy Spirit within us, so we're people who respond. We don't just become complacent. We want to partner with that new wine, don't we, that's being brought to our communities. And also we can help make Riverside a place that reflects that great kingdom banquet that, that, that Jesus kind of symbolically demonstrated as he ate with those tax collectors. I can only imagine what sort of party that must have been like, you know, as he shared with them, and, and they were just delighted that a man like Jesus would, would sit and eat with them and, and party with them. And we want Riverside to be a place of welcome, a place where people can come in and connect with the love of God, feel acceptance, respond to that invitation, be transformed by God's heart. And so we can all have a part to play in making Riverside reflect that, that great kingdom banquet that is taking place and will take place where everyone gets an invitation, where all can respond to God's love so as we conclude this series, why don't we think about using these statements as kind of a, a personal commitment and a church commitment to all that God wants to do in us and through us in this next season we're going to stand today on site um, and you might want to stand if you're watching this online and, re- and respond with us and I'm going to pray and at Today we be we praying in our hearts on site, but you might want to pray out loud and express a fresh commitment to God and a fresh desire to take hold of all that he has for us in this next season. So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you bring the new wine. You bring the new wineskins. You bring the new garments. God, you clothe us and equip us to receive the fullness of your kingdom. And so, Lord, we want to express a desire to partner with you more and more fully in this next season. God, deliver us from complacency. Deliver us from apathy. Deliver us from rigid thinking, God. God, help us to be flexible as we respond to your ever-expanding kingdom that's bringing the love of God to our communities. So Jesus, as we look to the new, God, let your love drive out any fear. Fill us with faith. Fill us with love. Let us overflow with the good news, the people around us, And God, give us eyes and ears to see all that you're doing, the great works you've called us into. Let us take hold, God, of what you've taken hold of us for, to be partners with you in your coming kingdom. And we ask this in your precious name. Amen.
2: Thank you for listening.
0: If you'd like to contact us about this talk,
2: to hear more or to find out about Riverside Church
0: Whitstable, then visit our website at riversideuk.org. Also, you can contact us through our Facebook page or tweet us at WIT Riverside.